Welcome to the Inmates Friend, a place where friends of inmates have a voice. Now, don't jump any conclusions. My mother had no idea this was happening at the time. On the other hand, I had no idea what was going on, or neither did she. By the time I, w- I told my school teacher in 8th grade, I was well aware of what was going on, but I wasn't sure if it was normal for your father figure to act that way or touch you that way. To be honest, I didn't know what it was wrong, and once my mother knew, and yet she had no idea what to do. The reason why I was unaware, because he forced me to keep it secret. I was too young to understand, as most children believe this day, is all that we're told is it's not our fault. After all, the information was out in the government government hands, we had to relocate and get away from him and his friends, who knew all about this and helped. So I had to leave everything behind and move away to a new home, school, church, everything. But eventually it cooled down and I was allowed to come out of the shadows and see the world. And my past doesn't define me, but keep me going. So far in my life, I had gone to college, moved away, became a strong woman, who I am, and in Jesus. Which leads to my next subject. Who am I missing? And his name is Julian. If you were to look Julian up, you would be disgusted and ask me, why do I even talk to him? Well, the truth is, I love him, no matter who he is or what he did. The Julian you see is not the Julian I know today. He's a big teddy bear and hopelessly romantic. Although our beginning is not what you consider a Cinderella story, it's my story. He and I I met on a dating website, Christian Mingle. Oh, don't worry, he had authorization to be on there. Julian had been looking for a relationship for over eight months, and all of a sudden, I show up on his screen. He sent me a smile. I thought a little of it. He just said hi, and we chatted for a while. But after a few days, I felt confident enough to give him my phone number. So from there, we grew closer, and he wanted to meet. And so did I. It just And so just for two weeks, he and I decided to meet. It took some time to get everything t- together to meet. He had his family help get the accommodations ready for me to spend the night in these cities, a.k.a. Minneapolis. So when the weekend arrived, I got my butt out of bed at 6 a.m., took an Uber to the bus station, and get on a train station to ride all the way down to cities, which at least is a good 50, 50 miles in one way. So when I reached the cities, I waited at the train station. In a big surprise, he was late. But all that was, all that was nothing compared to the first moment when we saw each other for the first time. Although I'm not one to believe in love at first sight, and honest to God, it was. For three months, we saw each other once a month, plus text and call constantly every day, just to get a blissful moment of love once again. But in hard part, because on the fourth month, Julian had to go back to his home state for court, and he was sentenced to four more years of prison due to unknown facts and reasons. Other than that, he needs to be punished more for his crime. Julian was allowed six weeks to get his stuff in in the cities situated and say goodbye to me. We saw each other as much as we could. And the last day I saw him, I cried more than I ever before. I am on the verge of tears now. I write to him now, but it's not the same. 
I want to be in his arms, be able to hold him close, but it's harder than said than done. He's in treatment prison in Massachusetts, but so far for me, it's to go from Minnesota, and it's not cheap to go to Massachusetts. The only way there is to take a plane and to communicate with Julian's father. I yet to go, but soon I will. Thank you for listening to the Inmates Podcast, when friends of the imprisonment have a voice.